The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 136. In 2010, Julian Hayward bought the world's most expensive plane ticket, the opportunity to be the first passenger to ride on an Airbus 380, and it only sent him back $100,380. Let's hope the food was good. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is my good buddy and co-host, the host of the Zero to Travel Podcast, Jason Moore. What's up, man? Jason, after spending a little bit of time with you here at the Ocean City, New Jersey Boardwalk, I will have to say, though, that your skee-ball game... Not quite up to par with your podcast game. We did hit the arcade the other night on the boardwalk. Typical sort of boardwalk, Jersey Shore kind of thing to do. And yeah, Travis took me to school. I'll admit it. I should have beat him in pool. I was four balls ahead and I lost there as well. And then I got crushed at air hockey all around not not a good evening for myself in the gaming department. Yeah. An arcade champion. That I can add that to my tombstone. Yeah, yeah. Arcade champion. So guys, today we are going to be talking cheap airfare. We are going to be doing a few things. We're going to be giving you the general rules of thumb that we use to make sure that we're always getting the cheapest airfare. And we've got about 10 different general rules that you can use no matter where you're going. And then we're going to actually get into the exact process that we follow to book airfare. So it's going to be really cool because we'll give you these general rules and then we're going to walk you through specifically exactly what we do every time we get a ticket. And this is going to help you get cheap flights all over the world. Yeah. And I wish we looked this up beforehand, but why? what is a rule of thumb? Where did that expression come from? Do you know? I, I don't have any idea whatsoever. Me neither. I can't even think of a thing to make up but why it would make sense. Anyway... Thumbs up for this episode because I'm ready to get into it. I I couldn't wait for the puns. Yeah, and we should mention that today's podcast episode is sponsored by our good friends over at Tortuga. The great thing about them sponsoring this episode is the fact that we won't talk about this as one of our rule of thumb because it's, it's just something we both naturally do, and that is to only travel with a carry-on backpack. And a lot of airlines recently have really upped the prices for check bags. It used to be that most of the airlines would let you check bags for free. Now, almost all the carriers are charging you for checked bags, sometimes even on international flights. So if you start by only bringing a carry-on with you on trips, you're going to be saving a lot of money. So much money. And I dig forced minimalism. I mean, they're forcing us to take less but it's just a much better way to travel. Yeah, and we actually had our backpacks out today. The Tortuga is the largest size, the most spacious carry-on bag that you can get. And that's why I love it because it is hard to travel in just a carry-on. We always talk about how we do it, but it's not super easy. There's always stuff that you want to put in. And so I do love having my Tortuga because it is the largest size carry-on that you can have. It's the most spacious. So 
if you want something, if you think, I'm not sure that I can really travel in a carry-on, Jace, it's going to be way too hard. The Tortuga is going to be the easiest one for you because it's the it's the largest of them. So thank you to Tortuga Backpacks. If you're interested in checking them out, you can go to tortugabackpacks.com. And if you do get one, use our special promo code, EPOP, all capitalized. You get 10% off. That's awesome. Another great resource before we jump into this, Jace, if people are interested, we just put out our 14 travel resources, a PDF for the new community that we're starting. Some of you have been listening. You know we're in Ocean City, New Jersey. We are here because we are launching a new community called Location Indie. And one of the things that we're giving away is our 14 best travel resources in a nice PDF file for people. We've been working hard making videos and putting together resource guides and just Really, I know, trying to provide a lot of value to people that opt in and want to get a little more info about Location Indie, which is a community to help people travel and work anywhere and live the location-independent lifestyle if that's your thing. So, Yeah, and one of the things we teach is how to get cheap travel. So this episode goes right with that. If you want to check it out, we actually made a really funny, what we consider funny, three-minute fake rap video. And that is on the homepage at locationindie.com. That's I-N-D-I-E. Check that out. I think you'll really enjoy us acting goofy. How could you not? Totally baller, man. Yeah, totally. So let's get into this. All right, how we are going to get cheap flights, how you can always make sure that you're getting the cheapest flight possible. We're going to run through first the 10 general rules of thumb. Number one, don't forget to check your point balances first. Obviously, if you can get a free flight... That's going to be your first stop is to check your points balance. You know what, Trav? I've forgotten to do this before a couple times, and I think I'm starting to book a flight. I'm doing research. I'm like, oh, wait, I might have some miles on that airline. What was I thinking? Go back. Turns out I actually have enough miles for a round-trip ticket. So if you travel enough, I know it sounds like a no-brainer, but... Stop and check your mileage account first. Yeah. If you guys are listening, most of you may be seasoned travel hackers, so you already have a bunch of frequent flyer miles. If you aren't a seasoned travel hacker, then there's plenty of resources on EPOP to become one. But always make sure to check your point balance because if you can use frequent flyer miles and it's an expensive ticket, that makes sense because you can get it for cheap. Yeah. And don't look at your account and just think, oh, I don't have enough because if you aren't used to travel hacking and you have credit card points... Oftentimes, you can actually transfer those points to turn them into airline miles for the airline that you want to fly. So that's something we do often. And you know, don't assume just because your mileage balance is low that you can't actually get a free flight because you actually might be able to if you just do a little bit more research. Right. Like Chase points will transfer to United, and a lot of you guys know that. But check your balance first. Make sure you know whether you can get a free flight or not, and then make the decision whether you're going to use those frequent fire miles or get a paid ticket. Everything else we're going to roll with is going to be on the basis that you are buying a ticket. So we're not going to talk about travel hacking anymore. This is how, if you have to buy a ticket, or if you're going to buy a ticket, how to get the cheapest ones. The second general rule of thumb then is be flexible with your dates. I think this goes without saying the more flexibility you have in your planning, the better off you are because you're going to be able to take advantage of all the options. Yeah, and we'll give a couple tips later that will teach you how to search. The specific days and things like that as well. Yeah, and there are some tools you can use to search for a lot of different days so you can actually sort of have a wider perspective of your trip and where you're flying to and just give yourself the most flexibility. Right. Number three is consider traveling in the off-season. We did a whole podcast about this actually 
called Discovering Travel's Secret Season, where we talked, me and Jace came on, talked about the off-season, talked about the shoulder season. If you're unfamiliar with the term shoulder season, you want to go and listen to that podcast because we explain what it is and why it might be the best time to travel because it's the sweet spot between when the prices are low, but when it's still the nice weather and there's not as many crowds. So definitely consider going somewhere when it's not peak season because the flights are going to be a lot cheaper. Yeah, just be careful if you come to Ocean City, New Jersey in the off-peak. Not many restaurants open, Trav. We had a hard time finding a place to eat tonight. We actually ventured outside of the city for the first time. We walked around Ocean City, New Jersey looking for a restaurant. Basically, nothing was open in January. And we had to have a friend who we just met come with a car, pick us up, drive us across the bridge to Summers Point, and actually go to a restaurant there because nothing was open here. So... Eh, you know, it's got its perks. It's got its drawbacks. Yeah. Just You'll have to listen to the other episode. We talk about them all. Number four is always check surrounding airports. And this is a really important one. We're going to give you a website a little later when we talk about how we do it that allows you to do this very easily. But a lot of people forget about this. They think, oh, this is my home airport. We'll use us for an example. We're both from Philadelphia. Oh, Philly's my home airport. So you look out of Philly. Well, the flights out of Philly might be... more expensive than if you fly out of JFK, if you fly out of Newark, if you fly out of Baltimore, Washington. Those are the big ones for international flights around us. But there's even stuff for domestic, like there's an airport in Trenton, there's an airport in Wilmington, Delaware. Both of those are actually easier for me in my house in the suburbs to get to than Philly. They're smaller. You know, there's parking is much cheaper. It's kind of a nicer feel because it's a small airport. So don't forget about the surrounding airports, especially the smaller ones, if you are doing domestic travel. Yeah. What's the furthest you've traveled to fly out from your home airport? I would say, I mean, we fly out of JFK quite often, which is a pretty awful two and a half hour ride (laughs) from where we live. You know, if the price is right, it makes sense to go out of JFK. It's a big airport. Lots of great international tickets out of there. It really stinks, though. Two and a half hours to get up there and then two and a half hours to get back. And there's always traffic. I've I've also gone out of Baltimore to go to Vegas once. Mm-hmm. And that was pretty funny because I, we drove, you know, not all the way down to Baltimore, but two hours down to Baltimore just to fly to Vegas. It wasn't even a big international trip, but it <laughs> yeah. was like $87 ticket versus right. $250 to fly out of Philly. And it was four people, or six people. So it made it worth it. Yeah. I mean, at that point, if you had friends down there or something, you could even get a hotel in Baltimore, do up the city there, see the sights, and go to Vegas and still probably spend less. Right. So you want to check the surrounding airports. Again, it's really easy to do with some of the resources we're going to tell you about a little bit later. Number five, the fifth rule of thumb. So I guess this is the thumb, right? If you're counting, this is the fifth finger? Yeah, that's true. It depends on which way you start. It depends. But number (laughs) five, Tuesdays are the cheapest days to fly, followed by Wednesdays. It's a mystery, but it's just that way. And that's the way the reservation system seems to be working with the airlines. Again, I mean, we we do not work at the airlines. We have no way to tap into the system, but that seems to be the general rule. And and I've found it to be true in my experience. Yeah, I think usually it's the cheapest because of the fact that if if you think about it, business travelers who are traveling probably travel out on a Monday, might travel home on a Friday, something like that. Saturdays and Sundays, Friday nights are generally more expensive because that's when people are going on vacation and things like that. So if you're flexible, again, this goes back to the flexibility, but if you're flexible, if you can afford to leave on a Tuesday and you have to leave on a weekend and things like that, usually Tuesdays are going to be the cheapest days followed by Wednesdays. So make sure you're just cognizant of that. And if you can work in your schedule, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. 
Number six, talking about when stuff is cheapest. Number six is ticket prices are cyclical. So make sure you keep checking back. And a good rule of thumb for this, a sub rule of thumb for this one, 330 days out are generally when airline tickets open up for sale. And they will generally be fairly cheap when they first go on sale. And then they'll rise and then they'll come back down and they'll rise. So they do kind of ebb and flow. But you want to, if you know where you want to go and you're ready to book a 330 days out, you can usually score some decent deals. The next time that you want to start looking, Jason, both of us have done this, is about the six-week window. So six weeks out from when you're going to depart. Yeah, I don't know why it is. I mean, I feel like there's some psychology here with how the airlines price their tickets, of course. And if you book out too far... I don't know. This is just my theory, but it seems like, well, they know you really need the ticket, right? And if you're too close, then they know you really need the ticket too. So there's this sort of weird sweet spot. It seems to be that six-week window. That's when I like to book tickets internationally. Plus, I don't always know what I'm doing till later. So Right. The six-week window is that sweet spot that you mentioned of people who are general travelers, regular travelers, let's say, and they, they plan their vacation. They know where they're going six months in advance. They buy the tickets. You know, it's not last minute, so they know they can charge you an arm and a leg. Oh, you have to get on this flight two days from now. It falls in that medium range where they think, well, there's some seats left on this flight. Let's lower the tickets and hope we can get the people who are just kind of generally looking might not buy unless it's a cheap flight. So the big takeaway is make sure you're always looking back. Yeah. If you see a ticket, don't think, oh, well, that's automatically going to go up. It doesn't work on a steady incline. It definitely goes up and down and up and down. So keep an eye on that. Yeah. I just read something interesting before we move on to the seventh thumb, I guess we'll call it. If you're a couple or if you're friends and you're trying to buy two tickets, I read that you should buy them individually because if they have tickets priced at certain prices on the airplane, say they have only one $200 ticket left and the rest are $400. Well, if you put in for two, then they're going to charge you both $400 each because they're not looking at it separate and they have to charge the same if you're ordering two at once. So book them individually. You know, and I've read this somewhere per- so online. One person will get the $200 ticket. One person will get the 400 for a total of 600 So at least If check. you booked individually. Right. But if you came into the system and said, hey, I'm going to go travel as two people, it would be 800 Right. So right. so always check, I guess. Just go in, put in one person, exactly, see if something's yeah. cheaper. If it is, maybe book that and then go back and book the second Sounds person. annoying, but that's just one more step. But then again, could save you a lot of money. That's true. Number seven, this sounds techie maybe to some people, but trust us, we have uh, had a bunch of problems with technology yeah. this week. I, it actually took us an hour to get started on this podcast because I had to keep clearing off our memory card and mess that up about five times. So this is not that techie. Clear your cookies on your computer or browse incognito. Sometimes if you keep checking ticket prices, like two times that day, three times that day, the next day, the systems are smart enough to know that you keep checking back, they will raise the prices because they know that you're interested because you keep checking. So a really easy way to do this without getting too technical, you know, go up into your history, clear your history, or Google Chrome has a thing called browsing incognito. I think all the search engines do. If you do that, it won't read that you've been there before. So that's a little trick that isn't hard. If you don't understand what you're doing, probably ask someone younger than you, like your 12-year-old son who knows everything about computers. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, bottom line, when you go to search for a flight, it's just the first thing you should do. Yeah. Clear your cookies or browse incognito. Number eight, and this again is a little computer hack or glitch. It's not a glitch exactly, but it's a way to 
force the system. You can change your website's location, your computer's location, and see if that affects the price. So when you go onto a website, they usually have up in the corner, if it's an international website, you know, AA.com, Orbitz, Kayak, anything like that that's across multiple countries, you can change where you are pretty easily. It's usually in the top right corner. And you can go and instead of saying you're in the US, you can say, I'm in Thailand, I'm in Indonesia, I'm in Germany. If you're booking to that place or from that place, you know, if the flight's going to go through, sometimes it works out that it's going to be cheaper. Yeah, it takes a little bit of research because you're going to get the prices returned to you in that currency. So, you know, obviously you got to pull up a currency converter and just check it out. But definitely worth trying, particularly if you're booking an expensive flight. Why not? Yeah, it, it's very easy to do. And as Jason said, just Google's your friend. Pull up a currency converter, yeah. see if it prices out lower. If it does, then then by all means, book it. It'll be the same ticket. It'll have the same rules and regulations. So don't worry about that kind of stuff. Number nine is that aggregator sites like Kayak that we mentioned, like Expedia, like Orbitz, they won't show you budget airlines and they won't show you all the airlines. They'll generally show you all the big ones, but especially budget airlines will not show up on those aggregator sites. So don't forget about checking for budget airlines. And we did a whole podcast on how to find budget airlines, how to check budget airlines. So you'll definitely want to listen to that. We're not going to get all into it right now, but that is invaluable and one of the things that most people forget to do. They just it's a big oversight for most travelers is they don't think about budget airlines. And we just touched on it a couple hours ago at the coffee shop again. Exactly. So <laughs> don't think that those aggregator sites are going to show you everything. You want to do a little more due diligence. Mm -hmm. Building on that is number 10. And you may have heard of this website. It's been in the news a lot lately. It's called Skip Lagged. And it's run by a 22-year-old. And he's getting sued by United and some of these other airlines. And what it is, without getting too deep into it, it's called Hidden City. And what that means is, let's say you want to go Philadelphia to Dallas, but it makes more sense for whatever reason, you know, you try to book one way to Dallas and it's $300. But then if you book Philadelphia to Los Angeles, but it routes you via Dallas, right. it's $200. So yeah. it's cheaper. And then you can just get off the plane in Dallas. Yeah. And you don't have to take the last leg of your trip. So I yeah. hope I did a good job explaining that. Yeah, You're in I essence think so. dropping the last leg of your trip. Yeah, it's like you have a connection or a layover. And you, most people listening to this probably haven't just jumped off the plane in a layover. I don't know. It's not a common thing to do. But essentially, this website has been able to figure out, oh, it's cheaper to buy a round trip ticket or a, a, a further ticket. And it'll get you to this destination you want and you can just get off. I mean, it's right. it's it's a crazy thing. It's totally legal what he's doing. He's just figured out how to work the system. And I'm just finding this really fascinating, this story, because the airlines are all up in arms. But then again, they created the system and that's what it is. So. Right. It's backwards that you would actually be paying less to go further to yeah. take another flight. It's, but you, in essence, get off at that connection point. That's where you actually want to be. You get off there, but you paid for a ticket onward and it's just cheaper. Now, there are a few things that you want to be cognizant of when you do this. A, you can't check bags because they will continue on to wherever yeah. that final destination is, so they won't be with you. So Unless you, you only... want to do some shopping or, <laughs> you know. Unless you just want to get rid of some <laughs> luggage. And it is also something that the airlines don't look favorably upon. So if you did it all the time, there have been examples of people getting blacklisted. Like United sees that someone does it 10 times and they think, well, we know what this guy's doing. We're going to blacklist them, not let us fly United. That's very extreme cases. 
just check out skiplagged.com. You'll see what we're talking about. Again, you're, probably most of you won't use it, but it's something to check out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, who knows how long it'll be around with all the heat coming from the airlines, but uh, definitely worth looking into. Yeah. So those are the general rules of thumb, the things that you want to look at when you're booking tickets. Just take into account, you know, for any ticket that you're going to book, domestic, international. Now what we want to do is get into the exact thought process. When I sit down to book a flight and when Jason sits down to book a flight, we follow what is in essence a workflow. So it's almost like a checklist and we'll, we'll make up a little checklist for you guys and we'll put it in the show notes and on the site so you can download it. But it just kind of takes you through step by step. Have I checked everywhere to see if I'm getting the cheapest flight? And it's when I say it's a process, it doesn't take a long time. But if you put some thought into it, you can really get some cheap tickets. I mean, tickets. to use a cliche, it's just covering all your bases, right? I mean, you're kind of doing research, getting a baseline. But I love the way you've broken this down, Trav, because you've consolidated it into some easy steps that you can follow if you're listening. And you know, basically, you're going to be able to find the best deal without overexerting yourself and spending hours and hours researching. Right. Like keep It, it could sim- go on forever. Yeah. You know? I mean, keep it simple, stupid, right? Like I'm not yeah. the smartest guy out there. So I just come up with this little system and I just follow it to a T each time. So the very first step that you want to do is ask yourself, do you have enough points? We touched on this at the top of the show. Just take an inventory of your points. Do you have enough points to get an award ticket and fly somewhere? If the answer is yes, then figure out if it's worth it, if it's worth the value to use those points instead of booking it. If the answer is no, and we're going to assume it's no for all the rest of this process, then you just follow exactly what we're going to tell you now. Mm -hmm. So step two, and this is really important. There's two great resources, and we've mentioned throughout the show, we're going to tell you these resources. We're going to tell you these resources. And you're probably thinking like, just tell me these resources already. Here they are. You want to start with Google Flights or the ITA matrix. If you're unfamiliar with either of them, both of them run on Google's platform. I think eventually they'll be integrated together as one thing. But for right now, they're two separate things. And that will give you a great baseline of the price. Why don't you explain to them some of the cool things you can do with the ITA matrix or Google Flights? They they operate in almost the same way. Yeah, Google Flights is the more streamlined version. So if It looks just, prettier. Yeah, it's really easy interface, easy to use, and it's basically utilizing the ITA matrix. You're just not working with the ITA matrix itself. We get into the ITA matrix, it's the backbone of sites like Kayak and United Search Flight. I mean, it's heavy-duty stuff, so... It's very easy to use. I mean, if you go on there, there's a few simple tabs you can explore around, and there's some great visual elements in the ITA matrix. You can click on time bars, for example, and you can see a visual layout of what the flight looks like. It's kind of hard to explain well, in audio it'll version. It'll say but like Philly to London, and it'll be in a certain color, and then your layover will be red, right? Yeah, your layover is gray, and then you'll have the next leg of the flight. So, I mean, very easily, you can actually visually see what your flight's going to look like. You can scroll over. It'll give you all the information, and it casts a wide net is what I'm trying to say. And then you can whittle down your parameters even more, which I suggest doing because usually if you search way too wide, it'll time out after 60 seconds because it's just too much information. It's so powerful. So you can really dial in things like, I don't want to take a red eye or I want to connect through this city. There are specific really directions you can give it so you can really dial in your search. Yeah, there's some amazing things and you can get as advanced as you want with it. On the side, there is a listing of like, put in this code if you want it to only look for United flights that go through Charles de Gaulle airport. So you can whittle it down as much as you want. The cool thing without even putting in any code is that you can see 
a whole calendar of mm. fares. And this yeah. is the same for Google Flights. So if I wanted to go Philly to London and I just put that in and I say like flexible dates, show me the calendar. It'll show you every day for the next, well, you can actually go a whole year out. So you can say, oh, well, tomorrow it's $700. The next day it's $600. Oh, in two weeks, it's $450. Yeah. So it will show you exactly how much it costs, the cheapest flight on every single day, all the way up into a year. So if you're flexible with your dates, mm. this is an incredible tool because you don't have to go into a search engine and put in every day, oh, is May cheaper than July? You just yeah. scroll right through and it shows it. And so we tell you to start here because this will then give you the baseline price. So you have an idea. You know, if you don't know that Philly to London, a good price for Philly to London is $600, you might go on kayak and it's, oh, $1,000? That seems pretty reasonable yeah. and book it. Here you get a baseline of like, all right, I understand what a flight should cost between mm -hmm. these two places. It's the best. You have to start there. And I love the calendar. I'm glad you mentioned the calendar. I don't know how I forgot the calendar. I mean, the calendar is, is the heart and soul of it, really. And when you take a look and you can see the discrepancies between the prices, it's it's eye-opening sometimes. You see, you know, 700, 700, 700, and then all of a sudden there's a random Wednesday and it's 400 bucks. Well, now you're going to focus right in on that date if you're flexible, and then you can just build your search around that. It's it's beautiful. So start with that. They're both very easy to use. Play around with them. We will put them in the show notes. But if you type into Google ITA Matrix, that'll come up. If you type into Google or you just go to google.com slash flights, the Google Flights will come up. Play around with those, and you'll see how easy it is. It's an awesome tool. The third thing you want to do, so step three after you get your baseline, is check to see surrounding airports. And this is super easy to do in the ITA matrix because you can actually, when you put in PHL for Philadelphia, you can actually hit search nearby airport and it'll give you a drop down list and it'll show you all the airports within 50 miles, 100, 150, 200. And you can just click them like, oh yeah, I do want to check out of EWR. Yeah, I do want to check out of Trenton. Yeah, I do want to check out of... Baltimore. No, I don't want to check out of Washington, D.C. because it's too far. Mm -hmm. And then it'll return the same results as you got if you put in PHL, but with all those other airports, and you can segment it out again. So it's just really cool because maybe Baltimore is $200 cheaper than it might be worth going down there. Yeah, especially the smaller airports that you wouldn't think of throwing into the search engine like Trenton, for example. It's just small. It's not something you think of when you're doing research. So it just makes it really easy to click the box and check it out. Yeah, so check surrounding airports. Again, super easy to do with the IT matrix. Also pretty easy to do with Google Flights. That's the third step. The fourth thing you want to do is you want to go to a site, one of my favorite sites. If you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about before. We actually had the creator of it on the podcast before, and that is theflightdeal.com. You can also find them on Twitter at theflightdeal. And what they do is every day they post about 10 to 12 different fares up between different cities that they found that are good prices. Sometimes they're just, you know, okay, like, hey, this is a decent deal. And sometimes they're crazy deals, things that we call mistake fares. For example, I've been able to go round trip to Milan for $125. I've been able to go to Spain for $225, China for $500, just got one for, to South Africa for $350. He's not kidding. It's, it's insane. And the flight deal will post all of these up. And what they basically do is use this Google Flights tool or ITA Matrix tool and just scour it. Mm -hmm. And from there, then you'll be able to, you'll be yeah, able I mean, to see. Yeah, I mean, $125 bucks to Italy? Yeah. It's, it's a no-brainer. Come on. 
Yeah. <laughs> so follow the flight deal. And, and how I would use this is if you don't have a specific place to go, you know, you kind of just want to look at what's available. Maybe that's your first stop. Maybe you're just like, I don't care where I go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on the flight deal. Maybe they have good deals. But if you kind of have a specific place to go, go to the flight deal. See if there are any mistake fares to places that are near where you want to go. So for example, let's use the Italy one. Oh, you wanted to go to Venice. So instead of New York to Venice, there's a mistake fare from New York to Milan, and it's $300, and to fly to Venice is $800. Well, maybe you want to consider flying into Milan and hopping on over to Venice via train or That's exactly like that. what you did, right? That is exactly what we did. Yeah, let's talk about mistake fares for one more second, because this is an important thing. One thing that you're really great at is jumping on these things and... You do that because you can cancel it, right? I want to just hear what goes through your mind when you see a mistake fare and you're like, oh, that's just a hot deal, man. I can't resist that. I mean, give me give me what goes on in your mind. Yeah, the mistake fares, we could do a whole podcast on it and maybe we Probably will. And we have should. written a whole post on it, which we'll link in the show notes. But when you see a mistake fare, you want to give it some thought. If it's somewhere you can't go or the dates don't work at all or you don't have any desire to go, okay, that's fine. So first Get that out of the way. Do you have any desire to go there? Will it work at all with your schedule? If you have an inkling that it may or that you know you think you can make it work, I would book right away. Here's what's going to happen with mistake fares. They're only going to be there for four hours, maybe at the most 16 hours. I mean, the airlines are going to figure out something is wrong pretty quickly. So you want to book and ask questions later. So you book and you always, if you're leaving out of the U.S., you always have a 24-hour grace period, no matter what airline it is, that you can cancel and it's fully refundable. So if you book right now and you think, I might want to go to South Africa, that's a crazy deal, $350. And this actually happened on Christmas Day. I booked it and I thought, this is going to be great, but I didn't have a chance to talk to Heather about it or anything. So you never know. So this is going to be great. We booked it. We talked about it. And then we had up until 24 hours, up until that time the next day to cancel if we wanted. We ended up not canceling because we decided it was going to work. But there is that grace period in there. So if you see something jump on it. I mean, that's the key. Just jump on it. They're going to be gone soon. It gets out on the internet really quickly now. So if you wait even a couple hours, maybe the prices have risen a decent amount, or maybe they've just gone back up to the regular price completely. Yeah. I think when it comes to plane tickets, it's easy to hem and haw a little bit like, I'm not sure if the date's right and everything like that. That 24-hour grace period's huge, especially with these mistake fares, and they will go away. And I will say with the mistake fares, another thing to consider is if you know you definitely want to do it, until you actually get it confirmed, because a lot of airlines will come out and say, oh, that was a mistake. We might not honor this ticket. So you don't want to go and get all excited and then like book hotels and rental cars and stuff like that, because there is a chance they won't honor it. Now, recently, they have been honoring all of them because the blowback on social media and stuff, if they don't honor them, is too much. It's bad publicity. But just be sure that you actually get your ticket confirmed, everything's kosher, and then go ahead and plan the rest of your trip. So how was the uh, photo shoot in Milan? I'm guessing you were doing some runway work over there? Yeah, we needed to be there anyway for the uh, fashion week. So it worked out perfect for us. Just tell Versace I said hi. (laughs) Or whatever. I don't know if that's even Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're we're really rocking the fashion today. We've been in Ocean City, New Jersey for a (laughs) week. Um, I brought like three changes of clothes. So. Yeah, I think we've been wearing the same three shirts. And I don't think Versace's the- <laughs> calling anytime soon. <laughs> the fifth thing that you want to do then in the process 
is check to see if budget airlines are available for this type of flight. We hit on this a little bit already, but you know, again, with this example, let's say that you flew into, there was a really cheap ticket to Milan, but you wanted to go to Madrid. Well, maybe you can get a budget airline like Ryanair or EasyJet to go from Milan to Madrid for 60 bucks. Mm-hmm. So if you got there for 250 and then you got a $60 ticket, you're looking at $310. Maybe to fly to Madrid itself was going to be $700. So that's how you can kind of piece budget airlines into the puzzle. Or maybe there's just a budget airline that flies that whole trip anyway. Maybe yeah. you're going in between Denver and Philadelphia and you can hop on Frontier Airlines. So you want to check the budget airlines because, again, they will not show up on the ITA matrix. Mm -hmm. They will not show up on Google Flights. They will not show up on Kayak, at least as of recording this. They don't show up. So you're going to have to do your due diligence and check the budget airlines. Real quick tip on budget airlines because we don't want to get into the whole thing. Again, listen to the podcast if you're interested in it. I think it was one of the most informative ones we've ever done. To find out if a budget airline flies from in your area, all you have to do is go to Wikipedia Put in the airport that you're flying out of. So put in Philadelphia Airport, and it will show you a list of all the airlines that fly in and out of it and where they go. And so if you want to go to Denver, you could see, oh, Frontier doesn't fly out of here. But then you click on Trenton, go to Trenton Airport. Oh, Frontier flies out of here. Why don't I check their website? Yeah. And to kind of stem off of what you said with budget airlines, and you could do this with regular airlines too, kind of the process you mentioned, this is where the black hole or the the rabbit hole, I should say, can go pretty deep in the research. My wife's Norwegian, and we promised to fly her parents out to visit us in Colorado because she's coming over here Baller. in just a couple weeks. So we saw these fares from Oslo to Newark, New Jersey for under $500. So that's another strategy, too. If you can couple it with a budget airline, you know, say we get those tickets and then we get round trip tickets from Newark to Denver, depending on the price. You know, so if it's a thousand dollars or eleven hundred dollars, which oftentimes it is to fly from Oslo to Denver, well, if we can get them to Newark round trip and then we can do another round trip ticket for another two hundred fifty bucks with two people, you could be netting out. And then if you throw budget airlines into the mix, like where you're getting a five dollar flight or a fifteen dollar flight, it can get pretty insane. So you can do that strategy anywhere and coming to the US or Europe or wherever. Yeah, Norwegian Airlines is a great example because they've just kind of broken into the US recently and they have great tickets to scandinavia from i believe it's newark and and Mm. some of these airports and they won't show up all the time on these aggregator sites so it's you piece it together a little more it might be 15 minutes more of work 30 minutes more of work maybe even an hour to kind of look at the options and piece it together but you'll get better at it and i mean it can save you a substantial amount of money so for us it's well worth it to do that so you check the budget airlines that's kind of the fifth step in our process the sixth step is to check skip lagged which we've already mentioned we've told you what it is it's the hidden city tickets check that website just go on there and put where you want to go from and where you want to go to maybe there's a cheaper ticket that you can drop the you know, the second leg off and you can use this hidden city it's ticket. kind of a little adventure, right? Like jumping off the plane at the connection point feels a little naughty. I don't know. A little dangerous. My middle name is Danger. Yeah. So, and, <laughs> and hey, I've actually never done it. So I guess I'm just a really boring traveler. I don't know if I have. I think I almost did it once, and then that's a whole other story we're not even going to cover in this podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, it's <laughs> but just check it, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's again, this website does all the hard work for you. So yeah. you go to skiplag.com, mm-hmm. and you put in your thing. It takes a minute. 
And why wouldn't you do that? Again, there are some caveats with that. Don't check baggage. You know, don't abuse it. Things like that. But if you want to be a little dangerous, dangerous. or you just want to save money, or you're just yeah. a cheapskate, check skip blagged. The seventh step that then I do is once you find the ticket price on Google Flights or ITA Matrix. So let's assume that Skiplag doesn't have anything cheaper. The budget airlines don't have anything cheaper. There's no mistake fare you're going to use with a flight deal. So you've gone through kind of those three things of, oh, maybe I can get something better. And you're back to square one where you're now going to be booking a quote unquote normal ticket right? Like this regular old ticket. Mm -hmm. So you find the price on Google Flights or the ITA Matrix. Now with ITA Matrix, you can't book it from that site and you can't book it from Google Flights either. Although Google Flights has built in a little thing that says it costs $500 on orbits, go here now, which is pretty cool because what it'll do is if you created this crazy itinerary and you found one out and, and it's on Google Flights, you hit go to orbits, and it will recreate and repopulate it in orbit. So yeah. you don't have to go to orbits and put all the information in. It should already be in, and you can just buy it from orbits. Really incredible. I mean, that's the worst when you have to try to recreate it. You can't get the right price and all that to drag. So after you do that, so you see the price on there, you do before you hit, you know, buy from orbits or whatever, you want to cross-reference it with the airline's actual site. So if you're flying on American Airlines, you just want to make sure to go to aa.com and just check. Yeah. Recreate the ticket. 99% of the time, it won't be cheaper. It'll be the same price. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't even say 99%. 95%. These are just numbers I'm pulling out of yeah. thin air anyway. Right. But just check it. Yeah. You always want to book with the airline if you can. It's just going to be easier if there are any ticket changes to deal with. You don't have to deal with a third-party company. Book it with the airline directly, and I would take it a step further and check the airline's promotional tab. So usually they have like a web specials or promotions or something of that nature, and sometimes they'll hide these little specials or fares in those sections on their website. So if you go through the regular search, this has happened to me before, you go through the regular search, you don't get the special price, you go through a web special, and if you book it that way, somehow puts you into the system, recognizes that you've done that, one little click, which is basically two extra clicks that can save you a bunch of money. So the third thing I guess I would add to that is if you're near a hub of a, of a particular airline like Philadelphia's US Airways, for example, you know, opt into their email list because they're sending out specials all the time. Why not be having the beat on those flights? Yeah, you mentioned a good point in that I just want to pull out one more time and highlight in case you guys missed that is the fact that if you do book from the airline's website, so if you find the same price on AA.com as you did on Google Flights, which then would route you through Orbitz, if you find the same price, I would always book through the airline's website directly if it's the same price, just because it's a little easier to deal with if you have issues. Yeah. You, then you booked with the airline's website. They, they won't tell you, oh, you have to call Expedia and deal with them. It's just easier because you booked right through them. So if it's the same price, always book through the airline's website. Yeah, agreed. And that's the seven-step process. I mean, the eighth step then is once you find the tickets you want, book them. Yeah, the best part. Yeah, the best part. Then you're going to where you want to go. You know, you do have that 24-hour grace period, whether it's a mistake fare or not, even if it's just a regular ticket. Once you find the ticket, book it, make sure you want to go on the trip. It is usually prohibitively expensive to change your ticket. So I would say act quickly if it's a mistake fare. If it's not a mistake fare and just a good deal, 
be pretty sure that you're going to do it, but you do have the 24 hours. And then after the 24 hours, try as hard as you can not to change your mind. You know, if something happens, it happens. You're going to have to pay the fees. They're really going to charge you there to make changes. So try to get everything in order in that 24 hour period. How do you feel when you book a plane ticket somewhere where you really want to go? It's awesome. I still feel a little nervous sometimes. I'm like, oh, it's it's really happening. This is real. Or sometimes I get a little anxiety like, oh, is that the right date? Am I going to come in? Oh, I don't like the time I'm coming in. I know there's a mix of sort of emotions of excitement and nervousness and a little giddy. The last five or six tickets that I've booked and paid for that haven't been using frequent fire miles have all been mistake fares or on budget airlines to go through Asia. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I, mean, I can't tell you the last time I booked a ticket on an airline that was just like a regular deal, right? Like a, a regular route. The mistake fares are crazy. I always get this, yeah, I scored a deal. And it's immediately followed by, wait a second. Like, because I'm not usually planning on booking. No, no. I had no plan on Christmas Eve to book a trip in September to go to South Africa. I, South Africa wasn't even on my radar. I thought it was you, cool. You woke up on Christmas Eve. It was a regular day. And by the end of the day, you were Well, going, it wasn't a regular day. It was, it was Christmas well, Day. You, oh, Christmas yeah, Day. I think it was Christmas but I mean, Day. But I mean, you just woke up. Open and, presents. Yeah, open presents. Went about your, so thank your you Christmas to Santa. day. Yeah. And then by the end of the day, you were going to South Africa. Yeah, it was like 2 p.m. And someone put out like crazy fares to Abu Dhabi. And you can go to South Africa. And I thought... Uh, and I couldn't get the website to work. So we're having a party with a bunch of people over and I'm in like the back living room hitting refresh trying <laughs> to get it to work. And then I book it and I'm super happy. But then I kind of have this remorse of like, wait, I do I want to go to South Africa in September? Yeah, I do. And so the mistake fairs are like a roller coaster of emotion for yeah. me because I don't, th- I haven't been thinking about it. Mm-hmm. It usually happens instantly. That mm-hmm. same thing happened with going to China. It was like, I guess I'm going to China. Better go get the visa. Right. So, I mean, it's a really interesting feeling. If you guys have a chance, I mean, but it's cool. It's almost like an extra gift because it's so cheap. Mm. And I get that $350 isn't negligible to get, but to get to South Africa, that's generally $1,400. Yeah. So it's a drop in the pan. So you you feel really cool. It's almost like someone has given you an extra special gift. Yeah. I'm thinking about making this the year of the mistake fair. I've been inspired by your quick action to to just go for it and buy it. And why not? I mean, there's so many places in the world to see. Yeah, I have certain places I want to see, but, you know, something pops up. Why not go check it out? It's a good adventurous way to travel. That's the cool part is that almost like someone, the heavens are making the decision for you yeah, because you like, didn't pick that I you guess wanted I'm to go going there. there. Yeah, and I, and I love it. So let's... Let's recap for these guys very quickly our stuff because we gave you a lot of information. So we'll recap this. We'll also put it in the show notes. The rules of thumb, and we're going to run through these. One, don't forget to check your point balance first. Be flexible with your dates. It's number two. Number three, consider traveling on the off season. Fourth, you got to always check surrounding airports. Five is that Tuesdays are usually the cheapest day to fly, followed by Wednesdays. Six, ticket prices are cyclical, so make sure you keep checking back. Don't forget that six-week window, and they usually open up the tickets 330 days in advance. Number seven, clear the cookies on your computer. I always, where did that term cookies come from? I still don't know why they call them cookies, but clear the cookies on your computer or browse incognito because they will raise ticket prices on you if they see that you keep looking at them. Yeah, there's nothing delicious about those cookies sometimes. Number eight, change your website's location. See if that affects the price. 
Number nine is that aggregator sites like Kayak won't show you budget airlines, so don't forget about those budget airlines. And 10th, check skiplagged.com, S-K-I-P-L-A-G-G-E-D.com. High five to that 22-year-old for uh, working the system. I love it. I love it. And then the exact process that we go through, what are the things that we do step-by-step to make sure that we're getting the best price and that there's not something out there that we're forgetting. First step is, do I have enough points? Yes or no? If the answer is no, then keep going with these next steps. Yeah. Second, start with Google Flights or the ITA matrix, which we both love. Yeah. And that'll give you your baseline. Step three is check to see surrounding airports. Super easy to do on ITA matrix. You actually just click a button. Fourth, theflightdeal.com, where a lot of these mistake fares pop up and a bunch of great sort of specials that are feel a little inside track, you know? Yeah, it's a little insider info. Yeah. Even if it's not a crazy mistake fare, there's, you know, Philly to Las Vegas, $90. It's just good mm. ticket prices. Number five is check to see if budget airlines are available for this type of flight. You know, look if they're available from somewhere close. Maybe you build that into your itinerary piece by piece. Again, check out the Budget Airlines podcast for more information on that. Number six, again, check skip lag, see if there's a hidden city ticket that is cheaper. Seven is once you find the ticket price on Google Flights or ITA Matrix, cross-reference it with the airline's actual website and see if the prices are the same. If they are the same, book with that actual airline's website. And our favorite step, number eight, book your plane ticket. Book it. It's like, book the, it. did you used to do book it? Book it. When you were a little kid in elementary school? Oh, and yeah. Like, like, let's you book get, it. Yeah, and you, you just get, take off running? No, I meant like, wasn't book it when you read all those books and then they gave you like a free Pizza Hut pizza? Mm, oh, you man. must have gone to a different school. Yeah, you missed out. Book it, a great program for children, <laughs> increasing literacy in elementary school. Some of you guys know what I'm talking about. If you do, high five to those personal pan pizzas from Pizza Hut. So that's it, guys. If you want to get these show notes, make sure you go to extrapackofpeanuts.com slash pods. That's where all our podcasts live, all the old episodes, as well as the show notes for those episodes. Speaking of old episodes, we give them a from the archives section now. We give you guys a from the archives because we're 136 episodes in. So there's a lot that you might have missed, you forgot about. Here are three episodes that we think you would like if you enjoy this episode. Yeah, episode number 107, Guide to Budget Airlines, which we hit on a little bit earlier. So you definitely want to check that one out. Episode 35 is just called the top 10 ways to save money when traveling. I don't think it gets any simpler than that title, mm -hmm. but some really cool travel tips outside of flights that are going to help you save money. So if you like cheap flights, you probably like cheap everything else. And episode 69, top 20 things to bring on a flight. I got to give that one a harder listen because I, I can't remember. Yeah, Heather and I come on to just tell you what things to bring on the actual flight. You know, if you aren't going to travel with just a carry-on, you're yeah. going to check a bag. What do you actually put on your carry-on mm. to make that flight better? Yeah, that's I'm great. not going to give away too many no, things, don't but do you know, that. like headphones, don't forget headphones. There's 20, 20 items things. on there. Okay. So it makes your, your trip more bearable. If you guys are going to be traveling with Just a Carry On, which we recommend, big shout out once again to our sponsor, Tortuga Backpacks. If you're interested in traveling with Just a Carry On, check out their website, tortugabackpacks.com. Use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, -P, all capitals. Don't forget about using that, guys. So many people have been writing into me telling me I picked up my Tortuga backpack and all of them got 10%. We actually had someone write in and said they got four Tortuga backpacks for the whole family, which cool. was pretty awesome. So they saved 10% on their whole order. So tortugabackpacks.com, cool. use the promo code EPOP, all capital letters. 
Jace. Yeah. We're in Ocean City, New Jersey. We've been here for a week. Oh, man. If you're listening to this whole podcast, you guys know that we talk a little bit about what we've been doing. If you're interested in living the lifestyle that we're living, not necessarily being in Ocean City, New Jersey <laughs> in the winter, although it's kind of interesting, it's a unique feel, but if you're interested in being location independent. Yeah, it's just being able to work from anywhere is how you define it, and that can be from your home, and you can travel as much as you want, or you could be working on the road almost all the time like we are, which has its own sets of challenges, but we're really bringing together, working hard, actually, to bring together a community of people that are living this lifestyle, are interested in this lifestyle, and want to connect with others, because it's really hard to find other people doing this and kind of, you know, we're sitting here in this house working on our laptop, recording these podcasts. And it's great when we're together, but sometimes you're out in the world and can get a little lonely when you're trying to build these things. And, you know, what's, what are we here for if we're not here to, to connect with each other as human beings? So, And a lot of people have written in, you know, we, we at Extra Pack of Peanuts, it's mostly a travel website, but a lot of people have written in and said, that's really cool that you teach us how to save money on travel. We, we love that. But what if we want to travel more? Like you're able to hop on a mistake fare and go to South Africa for $350 in September, even though you don't know what your life's going to look like in September, right? Like, how are you able to do that? And it's because we've created businesses that have allowed us to be location independent. We work hard, but we can do it from anywhere. And so because we've been able to do it, we just thought, I want to help everyone else who comes to me and says, I want to do what you're doing, or I want to do something like what you're doing. How can we help them do it? And so we decided to start this community. It has been a huge undertaking. We've been here seven days in Ocean City working basically nonstop. But even before that, it's been months in the making. So if you are interested in this lifestyle, and I know a lot of you guys out there are interested, we're trying to do our best to help you on that path, or if you're already on the path, to really level up and to connect with other people doing it. So head to locationindie.com. That's I-N-D-I-E. We have a funny video there. It'll make you laugh. And we're also giving a lot of away a lot of little free PDFs and guides that we made for people. So if you opt into the email list, you're going to be getting all that stuff. And you're going to be getting news about when we actually open for membership. Because right now, we're not accepting any members. No. But, but pretty soon we will be. Yeah, we're excited about it. It's so been great. Check it out, locationindie.com. And if you want more travel pods, I should have said this in the beginning, but if you want more travel podcasts, zero to travel podcasts. I've heard... They have a decent host over there. Uh, Yeah, it's okay. Actually, you should check it out this week because Travis over here is actually making guest appearance. We talk more about budget airlines, location indie, and some stuff you might be interested in hearing about anxiety around travel. Yeah, some some personal stuff that I release about my anxiety around travel. So check that out, zerototravel.com. Guys, thanks very much for tuning in today. Thanks, as always, for the support. And until next time... Happy free travels. travels.